welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. This is episode 65. As always, I am Jack, and tonight I'm joined by Charlie and Calvin. I couldn't care less about how you two are because we've got a special guest, um, Gordon, um, a big Hibs fan, um, and I'm sure a few of you heard him on Heat Bangers before as well. So um, thank you for coming on, Gordon, and how are you, mate? Thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm very, very well, considering everything that's going on with Hibs. I'm, uh, I'm in good spirits. Aye, um, and I'll I'll ask Charlie and Calvin since I may as well be nice now. Uh, oh, so you, you two lads. So you do care, aye. Well, I'm uh, I'm all right, mate. All things considered, I think um, looking forward to getting some of my views off my chest and moving on with my life because hips are shite. So looking forward to it. <laughs> and Calvin, what about yourself, pal? I'm upset that that's. Two weeks in a row, Charlie stole my part, and then you stole my part as well. So I may have to start copying right in that. Um, but nah, a bit, a bit down in the dumps to be honest with me. A bit fed up with it all. Um, I know I feel, I've certainly felt better than I feel right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, um, obviously, just really upset with two derby losses in a row. But um, I've got some excited, I've got some exciting things happening potentially. Um, but keeping that under my cap just now. Um, I've, Hopefully it all gets sorted in the week. Some some exciting things on the horizon. But we'll just just jump right into it. Um, and I think the only really place to start is obviously our Scottish Cup semi-final defeat um, to the Hertz. Uh, obviously, went to Hamden. I think expectations were maybe not that high in the first place anyway. But um, we, we lost 2-1 to Hearts. Um, and I think we'll start off, as always, with... The lineup, um, it was a bit of an odd one. And since you're the guest, Gordon, um, I'll come to you first, mate. What was your reaction to um, Sean Maloney's starting 11? Hmm. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great reaction, to be honest. Um, it was a bit of a. I think everybody's reaction was pretty similar. Like, what, what's he playing at? It's absolutely bizarre uh, to, to see it when it came out. I think James Scott obviously was the obvious one that that people picked out as wow wow why why is he put James Scott in here? He's showed nothing so far. It's the the only game of the the season left that means anything. It, what is he playing at? Uh, and obviously we'll 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 go into talking about like his performance and other people's performances. I imagine, but it was just it was just a bit bizarre. Um, and I wasn't really sure as usual when it comes out when maloney has been in charge. I wasn't really sure what, like, we know the formation. He plays the same formation every time. He seems set in his ways. That's how he wants to play. He wants the back three. He wants the wing backs. I get it. But it was like Stevenson was there. <clears throat> and I was like, is he playing in midfield? Is he playing left back? Clark has been playing left wing back. Is he maybe going to switch him to the right? He just, like, so, like, he, he couldn't really tell exactly what was going on. Uh, but it was, it wasn't, a, I wasn't, a, I wasn't feeling great about, our chances before the lineup, and I certainly wasn't feeling great after seeing the lineup. Yeah, um, I definitely would agree with that. Calvin, what are your thoughts on the lineup, mate? Um, that's just sort of echo what um, everyone's saying so far. Dis- disappointed, to be honest with you. I think that obviously before the game, when you see James Scott's name on there, it's, it sticks with like a sore thumb, and you're just like, what? Like, is Melkerson taking a knock or something like that? Like, what? And, like, I understand last week um, 
Melkison didn't have a great game against Hearts, but I don't think the service to him was that good either. And he, like like we said last week, he did look like a young guy. He did look like a teenager when he was playing up against Halkett and that. But I thought that was just the style we were playing, you know, balls, long balls up front and things like that. I thought if we could have maybe got it into his feet this time, you know, I think we, we might have seen a wee bit more from him, especially if he'd added like Henderson and stuff in there to, get, to help him out a wee bit. Um, I was glad to see Porteous back in the squad, obviously. I thought <clears throat> I thought the bring him again back into the squad was odd. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I didn't see that coming from anywhere. Um, and I think Henderson's probably the strangest one to me as well because I don't know what's going on with Henderson this year. Like he's in, out, in, out. Um, he's in the team, he's out the team. Just for me, and I say I took a bash on Twitter for saying it, but I think the, consi- the, the consistency in the team is probably one of the reasons as to why we're, where we find ourselves in the league. And I know he's had a lot of injuries and things like that, but with the players he's got available, for me, seeing, you know, a different team most weeks says something, and I think it says the person in charge isn't entirely sure how to get the best tune out of the players he's got. And I think he's trying as many different, many different sort of types of players and different systems as he can to try and try and I don't know find a win or make it tick. But um, to me, I, I find it really, really bizarre, and I think it's a I think one of the things that was good, so good about us last year is you could almost pick the team. Like, you know, you knew, you knew what it was away most weeks, but the, this year, I mean, it's crazy for me. Really, really crazy. Charlie? Um, I think contrary to popular belief in among Hibs fans, I was actually pretty happy to see that he swapped the... He sort of swapped some of the players that were maybe a wee bit out of form last week. I think dropping Muller was a good... A good idea from Maloney because I don't think he was great last week. Don't think he's been great since he signed yeah. to be honest but he's obviously coming coming off the back of a full season in the MLS and I think we'll probably see the best out of him next season but James Scott was a strange one Henderson was a strange one, McGinn was a strange one. It, ju- it just feels like he just pressed randomise on football manager and hope for the best um, obviously seeing him go two up front well it looked like it was two up front for what Henderson, people, yeah. people Henderson and Scott. and Scott, that's all right. Like I'm, I'm okay with I'm going to up front if he's going to play people that have got a bit of something about them. I don't think James Scott has proved anything so far. And obviously, we'll come as Gordon said, we'll come to talk about his performance. But I, I was, I was a wee bit happy with the team. I don't, I don't think I was disappointed. Well, I was a wee bit disappointed. Also, a wee bit happy because he sh- Maloney showed that he isn't scared to change it. I think if he'd went with the same sort of. So, same sort of team as last week. If Rocky had started, there would have been an outcry, and obviously he dropped him. So he's, I think he's learned from what he said in his after-match interview last week to to change the team. But it's still, it's still a bit strange to me that he just doesn't have a consistent lineup. I know we're struggling with injuries and what have you, but it would have been nice to see even Jasper start or you know something, something like that. And I, it was, it was a, a bit of a strange one. Yeah, I've got to agree. I think, personally, from my point of view, I looked at him, my heart sort of sank a wee bit, you know, because I thought it, it's like he's just picked names out the hat. You know, McGinn was a surprise for me. I think I knew McGinn was going to come back eventually. I know he's been dealing with injury. Um, and I knew McGinn was going to come back. I just don't think that was the game for him. You know, it's it's too much of a big game for him to put him back after he's not been that great this season anyway. And he's coming back for a long-term injury as well. I just don't think it's the game you put him in for. 
I think Mueller was rightfully dropped. I think he's been a bit underwhelming, but that's. I think we're going to see the player that Mueller is next season. I think we're going to maybe get a player out of him. I don't know, maybe, we might not, but I'd like to you know, give him the benefit of the doubt and hopefully will. But yeah, I think Mueller's been underwhelming. The only one I say is I really want a Jasper to start. I think Jasper's directness would have helped us, I feel. And Melkerson, uh, he got bullied a bit by Hearts, but at the same time, you don't really have the, uh, that many uh, strikers just now. You've got this, but really it's him and Scott are only out-and-out strikers. So, <clears throat> really, if you look at choice two, I know Melkerson got bullied, but I agree with Calvin, he didn't get that much service. You've got to look at it and go, it's a sort of catch-22. Do you put James Scott on who he knows not that great? Or do you put uh, Melkerson on who obviously got bullied a bit, but we know can just get those little moments of magic. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the one that had to make the choice. But yeah, I, I think we'll touch on Scott later. I wasn't actually, you know, all that um, put out by Scott's performance, to be honest. But yeah, I think it was just a strange, strange team. There was some place where I thought, good, he's made the right choice. Like, I, I thought it was great that Louis got put, but I think Louis should have started in the Derby at Tynecastle for my money. Um, and Louis put in a fantastic performance. But yeah, it was just a really strange team. And it was like, they sat on the bus and went, right, lads, Let's gather around and start picking names at the hat. You're in the starting team. You're in the starting team. Um, so, aye, I think that's it. But um, we'll move on now. And we'll I was just going to add one wee hang, oh, Jack. Yeah, um, just on my point, I forgot to add, was that if you look at the Hearts lineup, it's the exact same lineup that beat us 3 1 the week before. And I just think that consistency, uh, sort of in, uh, in selection or player selection lineup, like those Hearts players are well drilled, like, they'll, they'll know what they're doing. You know what I mean? They'll know how each other play. Um, I think that's a big difference from us, like putting new bodies in there and stuff like that. I just feel like the teams, like I said last week, like the teams never really had a chance to gel this year at all. Um, so. Yeah, no, spot. I think you're spot on, mate. But I think looking at that, I think Hartsunder and Nielsen have been, that's what's got them a third. They're well organised. There's a consistency there. They've got a sort of, they're quite strong in quite the key areas of the pitch, basically, I'd say. So I look at it from a balanced point of view, which I know is hard, but I've got to say it, you know, Nielsen's got Hearts to third for a reason. You've got to look at it, he's got them a third in the Scottish Cup final for a reason. They're, they're a good manager. A de- he's a decent manager and they're well drilled under him and they're consistent. And a bit, a, a bit like us under Ross, I'd say, where you knew what you were getting when we came third, except obviously they're going to do it a lot more confidently than we did. But I think it's, it's a, them under Nielsen, I mean, it's very similar to us under Ross in that last season where it, we got consistency in the lineup. You knew what you were getting and it was getting consistent results. I think that's it for me. But we'll move on and talk about the first half. Um, and obviously, I think Hearts start on the front foot. Um, we, we should have had a, we'll talk about, um, I think that's something Charlie will discuss. We'll go back to the penalty claim. Um, but Hearts started on the front foot and in the 16th minute, obviously, Sims puts them 1-0 up. I think, for me, we made it look far too easy for Hearts um, for the first goal. Um, you know, they've been killing us with that ball in behind, and Sims is just allowed to absolutely wreck us effectively. Um, and then, obviously, five minutes later, Kingsley scores that wonder strike and puts Hearts 2 0 up again. I think we just made it too easy for them. They were running rings around us. And you know, there's maybe an argument. I know it's a, I know it's a really good strike for Kingsley. There's an argument that Macy maybe should have been a bit more aware. It could have done better. And that's actually, I know it's a really good um, strike. But I think you know, if that, if that had been a Hibs player at the other end, would Craig God have been a bit more aware? Yet, possibly. But I think it was a brilliant goal for Kingsley. You've got to give him it. 
And at that point, I looked at it and thought, oh dear. I mean, I thought, are we going to look at a repeat of 5-1 here? You know, at that point, when Hearts are 2 up in 20 minutes, you're looking at it going, how bad is this going to be? Then Chris Cadden manages to get a goal back for us. I think it was great play for us. Um, and we've been saying it all season, just get balls into the box. That's what we do. And Cadden manages, and the bit, obviously there's a bit of a scramble, and Cadden just manages to put, stick it away. And we get the goal back. And I think after that, there's a slight momentum shift. Um, so those are my sort of thoughts and points in the first half. Charlie, I'll come to you first, mate. What were your thoughts on the first half? Um, I actually thought we started pretty well. I thought we looked to get the we looked to move the ball pretty well, and um, I think we should have had a penalty. To be fair, I think the ball bounces onto Kingsley's arm, um, and John Beaton just waves it away. We even gain it a second thought, and surprise, surprise, there's two games at Hamden. He's refed against Hibs, and he's not gave two stone wall penalties. Um, so I sort of expected that when I seen he was refing that we were probably gonna get some decisions go against us. But um, I think <clears throat> onto their first goal, I think it's it's shocking defending from McGinn. I think he, I don't know what he's playing at, but he just puts it into Sims's path. 99 times out of 100, that goes into Rosehead. That is one of those goals that only happens to Hibs. It only happens to Hibs when we're playing Hearts. If, uh, if James Scott tries that, it goes into the crowd. If, if any other player on that team tries it, it goes into the crowd. But... They obviously get the, the rub of the green once again in our derby. Um, second goal, I think... Um, I actually disagree with you, Jack, on the whole Macy thing. I think it's just it's just struck that well. that um, Like, the way it bends... It looks like it's going out the pitch and it bends in. I don't think don't think there's a keeper on the planet that saves that. Um, and it's, it's rare that I disagree with you, mate. It's a rare occurrence on this podcast. Yeah, but, um, it really is. No, I think, <laughs> fair enough. I, 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 think, I, um, I, think I was nitpicking there, to be fair. I think somebody, could have, somebody probably could have ran out quicker to try and defend it, but it's a well-worked it's a well worked free kick for Hearts. You know, it catches us off guard. I hate being positive about them. Uh, I really do, but it's a well-worked free kick and it's in the net. But you're right on that, that the we get the goal back at a good time, like straight away, pretty much. We kick off... Um, I think the desire from Stevenson to win the ball uh, is is fantastic. That's what you get with Stevenson. Um, anyone who's claiming he's passed it can can sort of watch that game and and sort of change your opinion on that because there's no way that he's he's finished. For my money, Hibs captain should be. Um, that's leadership on the park. The desire to win that ball, desire to even potentially ride a bad tackle trying to win the ball is, is fantastic. I think the ball for Henderson as well, class, like just the way to dink it over and just give him that option. Um, Cadden's finish is brilliant. Gets the second bite of the cherry and just hammers it home. And uh, I think that was really all I could say about the, sec- the first half, mate. I think um, you're right. When it went to now, I was feeling the worst day. I was I was working on Saturday, so I had to watch. I watched the game back in its entirety after I sat on Saturday night just to see what see what it was like. And when it went 2-0 and my, my heart sank away. Obviously, I knew the final result, but, you know, you are thinking when you see 2-0 that this could be another 5-1. It could be could be worse. Like, mm. going 2-0 down and then Derby is never a good sign for anyone. But um, I was happy that we were able to reply that quick. Yeah, absolutely. I think just before I come to Calvin, I think, you know, on the Kingsley incident, I think if... That if Rockies against Aberdeen was a penalty, then that one is as well. 
<laughs> um, that, because I was I was sitting there and I was watching the game with my mum, who knows nothing about football. But <laughs> you know, my mum, my mum, my mum could even tell. She said, "Isn't that a penalty, Jack?" And I said, "Yeah, it should have been, but." Uh, John Beaton's not going to give us that. It goes Never. back to it goes back to what Stephen Gerrard said when he was Rangers manager um, about the consistency with referees. And I know Rangers get more decisions than anyone in the country, but if but he's right, there's no consistency with the refs. And I, I guarantee you, if that was a Hibs player that done that, they'd they'd have got a penalty. The establishment club gets the establishment bias. Um, so, aye, you're right, mate. Definite penalty. It was. It was for me. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a clear cut one for me. But yeah, I, I, I said yeah, I'm trying to be biased. I, I don't blast refs as much as I maybe should. But I say that you know you can't dwell on it because we didn't get the decision, and that's it. You know, at the end of the day, if you don't get the decision, you don't get the decision. You've just got to play past that. So, Calvin, what were your thoughts on the first half, mate? You're muted. I think Gordon's trying to speak, so if Gordon wants to jump in before me, that's all right. I was just going to have a point on the handball incident there. Just, I actually disagree with you, with you both. Uh, and you're, you're right, Jack, uh, Beaton certainly deserves a, a hounding because he is atrocious and his uh, bias is clear for everyone to see. Um, but I think his hand is in a natural position by the letter in it. And I get what you guys are saying that it's a consistency side of stuff, which makes it worse. Like if, if it's if it's given as a penalty in other games for similar situations, totally. But I think by the rule book and the letter of the law, when I, I I seen it at the time, I was quite far away in the stand, um, like at the other end, obviously, because it was at the heart's end. And I was like, oh, I couldn't quite tell. But when I watched the highback, his arms did at his side, it's bounced up to his hand, it's almost ball to hand rather than hand to ball, he didn't move his arm in a direction to stop the ball. Um, so I, 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 I'd love to say that it was a penalty, uh, but I don't I don't think it was. I would, I would be screaming for it in the other end right enough, but mm. if, I, if I've got my, my if I've got my fair hat on, um, I, don't, I don't think it was. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm in similar minds with Gordon. I don't think it was a penalty either. I think it would have been one of those ones that was incredibly harsh. Um, I think it's just like like you say the ball but um bubbles up and hit his hand rather than his hand doesn't actually go towards the ball. It is like the ball comes to his hand. Uh, and I think it is I think I think you might be feeling a bit biased because it's the type of decision that if it was against us and it would, it would have probably been up anyway, it was just a frustrating thing. But no, I, I think I'd have been feeling extremely hard done by. Um but no, I don't think it was a penalty penalty. I think it was a decent run by Henderson and a decent bit of play. But um, no, no, I, I think it would have been incredibly harsh to be honest with you. And I, I know that a lot of the Hibs players reacted in that as well, but nah, I didn't think it was a pain. Um, one of the strangest things was was before the match, we actually found out who the folk that can spell hearts are. You know, as the song goes, <laughs> if you can spell it, apparently they can spell it. And they can if we're playing Miami Heat for a minute there. But uh, I, right. <laughs> Probably all I can say about the first half. Um, maybe just to come on to the, the Hearts' first goal, I think their game plan was pretty good. Like they said, uh, Nielsen said they knew that we were going to try to play out to the back, you know, get the ball down and pass it about. And uh, they worked on it all week. They said they worked on pressing us high up the pitch for uh, goal kicks and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, they take the ball off him again well. Um, and to be fair, I, I actually I think it's a very good finish. I think Hibs got beat by two really, really good like pieces of quality. 
And I think those two bits of quality um, is a difference between the two teams in the final third. I think that's one of the main differences is they've got quality in the final third and unfortunately we don't. And I think probably about time Sims was due a goal uh, because the many times I've seen him play Hibs last year, three or four times he's played them, the many chances he's had, the many chances he's missed, he was bound to score one of them. Eh? So um, I think it's a very well taken goal and I think it's like we've said all season, if you don't buy a ticket, you, if you don't buy a ticket, you ain't going to win the lottery. You've got, you've got to shoot. And unfortunately for me, that's something Hibs don't do enough. I think it's a very well taken goal. Sort of my thoughts, to be fair. Uh, right. um, apart from the penalty shout, Don, is there anything you wanted to add on about the first half? I, I like we, we, we touched on with James Scott starting. I actually thought he played relatively well uh, and he offered something a bit different, but only for maybe half of the first half. I think he went a wee bit missing. Um, after a while, and he was just kind of his positional play wasn't he great. He wasn't getting himself into positions to to pick up the ball and, and use his physicality against the Hearts defence. Uh, but I think we, we, I had that same feeling, and there was a lot of people in, in the stadium in uh, the Hibs end when it, the, two, the second goal went in, and it was both at the the, the Hibs end where we, where we were sitting that both those goals went in, and every. Just looked around and everybody was like, and there was people leaving, which was ridiculous, uh, in my opinion, because I mean, what, what, what made the second goal in 20 odd, 20 odd minutes or something like that? Plenty of time to go, and I, as as we showed, we, we hit back immediately. And when we did hit back from that point, when we put when our goal went in, we made it 2 1, we were by far the better team for the rest of the game. Uh, Hearts were, were, were time-wasting from the, the 40th minute for the first half. Like, it had started in the first half. Uh, it was quite, quite embarrassing, considering, well, obviously, what happened in the second half when, when and I know we'll get on the second half, but the, the sending off happened. Uh, but the two goals that these he, guys are, are spot on, that they were both on a praise, praise Hearts, but... They're both great goals, but at the same time, they're preventable before the ball struck. So the, the first one, we were a bit powder puff in the tackle and on the right, uh, the right hand side, the right hand side, the bubbles and Hanlon are in no man's land with Sims basically standing in the middle of them. They parted like the Red Sea, and they gave them that opportunity to go through at the shot. Strike. Don't think the keeper can do anything about it, but that's him up and gets touched tight. Does the score that goal? Uh, and I think we ended up being too high, a higher line in defence a lot uh, in the first half. And the, the linesman didn't help the line, linesman. It was it was right in front of me, running the line in the first half. Yeah, they had about three chances where they were offside. I think um, what's his name? Who is it was playing up front with Sims? Boyce. Boyce was uh, was offside a couple of times. And uh, the, the, the linesman never gave it, so it's not just beating, it's uh, the lot of them. But we let them get in behind too often. <laughs> Aye. Uh, so I think their second goal, and I think Charles, you mentioned it there, was they took the free kick, one of them stopped it, rolled it out, back to, to Kingsley and 
it's James Scott who could have should have. It was his position his position if you're if you're zonal, he should have been out closing that down. But he did this daft wee jump when you watch your highlights back, where it never looked like he was going to hit the shot. It looked like he, he crapped himself, he'd trying to close them down. He'd already got the shot away. Absolutely phenomenal strike. I don't know if the keeper had any chance to get in it, but it again could have been prevented. He should have been out on top of him. Which is frustrating because the rest of the game we never gave them a chance. But it's just two minutes or two two incidents for these those two goals that could have been prevented. That's just a frustrating thing. And I think that's just where we're lacking. We've just not got that for 90 minutes yet. I think I completely agree, mate. And I that's think that's my thoughts on the for the first half. Yeah, I think for me the first half it was frustrating, and I think when you look at it, if we don't go two 0 down, and we get the goal back for Can, it goes one one, and we go into the second half, and we had the second half performance that we did, but it's one one. I think there's a very realistic chance we win the game, and that's what I sort of said after the game is we made it. I think we made it a little bit too easy for Hearts to you know go and get into those situations that they did have those chances. Um, for me and I, I think Charlie that's an excellent point and um, it's good on Gordon expanding on it that nobody reacts to it quick enough when um, Kingsley takes a shot and you know just sort of try and block it if you see what I mean you know, somebody needs to sort of be aware of that I think that's what sort of led to that situation so second half um, I'm going to break the second half into sort of the two main talking points but it's obviously second half it's a by far improved Hibs performance I had a lot of my jambo makes that I know saying you know perhaps couldn't really complain if we'd forced extra time, if we'd found the equaliser and forced extra time. I think the players dug deep, they found that something extra, and we just kept pressuring them and pressuring them. And like I said, a lot of Jambos were saying that we were the better team in the second half. And I think, to an extent, we were. We were the better team in the second half. I thought we were sort of all over them, and Hearts were beginning to look um, really frustrated as well to me. Um, and you could tell that if we maybe just taking a chance has been that little bit more direct, we could have maybe went and taken something out of the game and got to extra time. I think we, genuinely we could have forced extra time if we just found that something that little bit extra. Um, so obviously the first big talking point from the second half is Newell's um, second yellow. And I think this comes in uh, the debate about should Sean Maloney have, have subbed him er earlier, and I think he should have. He, you know what Newell's like. I think Newell, he likes to get stuck in there um, if he needs to get stuck in there. And when he's on a yellow card, and I did say this as well, that if you have a midfielder and a defender on a yellow card, you know to sub them off as soon as you possibly can, as soon as it allows, because you know the risk of them getting a second yellow is pretty, especially with John Beaton, who is very trigger-happy with his cards as well. Um, I think John Beaton's given out the most yellow cards in the league or something like that to any of the referees. There's some crazy statistic out there about John Beaton and giving his cards out. And I think you know to sub Newell off in that situation. You need to take Newell off and bring somebody else on because our discipline has been one of our issues. I know that's something that Charlie was talking about on Twitter after the game. Our discipline's been one of our main issues. I think at that point, that took the wind out of our sails a little bit. Um, so Newell, I think it's reckless from Joe. He knows what he's doing. He, he goes in there and gets a second yellow and he's off, and I think that sort of killed, killed the momentum for us just a little bit. I don't think, I don't, it, affected I don't think it affected the game. 
I don't think it affected us. I don't think it affected us as much as it would. It maybe could have, but I still think it just killed the momentum just a little bit. Because obviously that happens when you get a man sent off. It does kill the momentum a little bit. It doesn't matter how badly. I almost felt like the players had more desire because it was like they were even further underdogs and had to dig even deeper to try and get a result. Absolutely, mate. But I just still think it just at that point it took the sting out of what we were doing at that point. But we we played excellently after it. Um, But yeah, and then obviously the second incident was of course or not incident but talking point was of course Gordon safe from Porteous's chance I think Porteous that for me for my money if that was any other <clears> goalkeeper I think Porteous could have scored there I mean there was a lot of Hibs fans you notice sort of in the front rows that were already off their beat thinking that it went in and Gordon pulls off a fantastic save and you look at that and you go I, I, I personally don't think the save's that good I, I, thought he, it was, I actually thought it was a brilliant save. He, he pushes it onto the post, which is the reactionary thing to do, right? Which, which is and which is like that's what he should do, but it bounces straight back into his arms, like it's no just luck, guy. Like James Scott is at the post, like I know it's obviously like a split second reactionary time, but I, I, I think Craig Gordon saves get bigged up a little bit too many times for my money. I think um, he's a fantastic keeper. Like didn't take anything away from him, but he like <clears throat> he gets the like I genuinely think ninety nine times out of hundred that goes in the net as well. Like it's one of those ones that hurts. Anything that could have happened to give him a wee bit of luck on Saturday, it happened, and uh, I just think his reactions were spot on. Like I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's a save he makes pretty much every week. Like it's no, I don't think it's that great a save to be honest. I, think... I, I thought it was actually all right, you know, because it's not so much the technique is in, it's a difficult one to make in that sort of, you, you had that many bodies in the box that for him it was quite difficult to sort of see. And I'm not trying to praise him in, in any way. You've got to admit, though, he's one of the best keepers in the league. He's the best goalie in the country, I think. I think he's the I best goalie. Think... I think he should have been our goalie throughout the Euros as well. There's no denying. And I think oh, without, I without him in the stick for Hearts, I think Hearts could possibly be a bottom six side. Think so. I think well, he saved I, them a lot this season. He has saved them a lot. And I think you look at it and you go, you know, had Porches scored that then, I think de- we, we would have definitely, it, could, it would have been a different game. But I think that shows you that Port, how much of an influence I had on Porches in the team. Again, because Porches was in there, he was getting stuck in, he was trying to um, get chances up the other end as well. And I thought Porches, again, we, we looked a bit better with Porches in the team for me. Um we always do. He instantly makes the team better. Either he instantly makes the team better. He's the best defender we have. Fight and that sort of desire that I just think some of the other players don't. He sort of knows what it means and he knows he wants to just get stuck in there. But um, I think those are the two incidents for me um, that sort of made the second half. Also, I've got to say, going back in discipline, Josh Campbell was, uh, I, I think... I, you're, you're skipping through quite quite a few points, mate. I want to talk about that red card. Hey, let's bring it back to that red card. Uh, Jack just lost connection, so we're just going to keep going with it um, and then hopefully he comes back on if his Wi-Fi picks back up. So, Calvin, we'll go back to the we'll go back to Joe Neal's red card. Um, so, I'll get your thought on it, mate. So, what, what did you think about the red card? Do you, think, do you think it was the right move for Maloney to keep him on the pitch? Um, for me, out of the two of them, I think he's our best centre mid. I, I, I don't know why, but I'm not that big a fan of Jake Doyle Hayes. I don't really see what he brings to the team. 
Um, I think he's very defensive. I don't think he's the one that's going to create anything. So I think when Neil went off, like with the red card, I then thought, Christ, there isn't really anyone to bring on. Um, I felt like um, I felt like it was obviously a needless ch- challenge to make. But if you listen to Maloney's interview after the match, he said that he asked Joe to play on the edge, and I think he had a really good game in the first derby at um, Easter Road mm-hmm. this season. And I think he really got stuck in and stuff. And he thought he acted like a, you know, a, a captain in a way, or start acting with a wee bit of authority in that first game. So I thought him trying to put a stamp on the match like that. Um, I think I see, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that he should have been taken off. But um, if if they t- if they had taken him off, I think I would have probably been a wee bit disappointed. I feel like he's that bite we've got in the middle of the park, personally. I Gordon, you you were at the game. Me and Calvin couldn't make it. So, what was the was there any views in the stand on whether he should have been kept on or was it a take him off vibe or? No, I don't think it really. I didn't really think about it that much because I suppose in retrospect, in hindsight, because it's John Beaton, because of the way the game was going, because the tackles were st- it was a physical game it probably would have been the right decision to maybe take him off. It's better swapping him. I, I, I agree with Calvin. He was is one of our better midfielders. I would have probably took Jake Doherty's off first if I was going to take someone off. But because Neil had the yellow card and it's better to swap him for another player, even if it is Campbell, who I didn't rate, to be honest, um, it's better having 11 men in the park than, than 10. Uh, but I, I can kind of get, like, like he, Calvin touched on, Sean Maloney mentioned in his interview after the game that he asked him to play on the line and he did but he did kind of say that Newell went over the line which again it's a frustrating thing and this is where when the whole Maloney out and Maloney in I can I can sympathise sympathise with him in that situation where he's asked him to do something he has asked him to go that wee bit extra but they're professionals they're playing at a high level they've got to know like where the line is and no cross that line and I, I came on talking about like we're talking more about um, um being hauled off as as a sub, but I just didn't think he needs to make that tackle at all. Like I I've never I don't know about you guys, but I've not seen an actual like a decent replay of the incident. All the highlights that I've it was hard for me to see at the time uh, in the stand, but when I've tried to watch any highlights, there's it's just like you see him make the tackle and the red card, and then the highlights move on. You never see like a close up replay. Or I've not seen one, so I find it a bit strange that I can't see that. And then when, it, when you first see it, and I've tried to go back through, it's like I'm not sure he made that amount of contact. I think the the Hearts player made a bit of Amelia, but again, the situation is beaten. We know what he's like. You make that tackle. He did come through like the behind behind the side a wee bit, and he didn't have to make it. He's in his own half. The Hearts player. There's no as if he's like gone through to go to score. He just needs to have a wee bit of bounce about him to say, I'm not going to make that tackle. I'll just let him hit the pass. I'm already on a yellow card. I'm not going to set off. I, I totally agree. I think um, Harren's going nowhere with the ball, really. Like he, like you said, mate, he's, he's still on his own half. I don't think he needs to make that tackle. But, I I mean, if he, if that was his first booking, I would have seen brilliant tackle. Like, that's what you want to see in a derby. But, when you're 2-1 down, you're chasing... We are chasing the game. Like, we need to get back into it. To go and do a tackle like that, that 
I hate the phrase gives the referee the option, but it did. Like it gave Beaton the option to be like, well, you've already been booked. Sort of a reckless tackle-ish. Like it's no out of this world reckless, but it just gives them that option to flash the, the second yellow. Um and obviously um going on to the, the second um sort of decision that Beaton sort of went the other way, the Josh Campbell one. Um Calvin, what did you make of that tackle? Uh, I think that probably could have been a red. Like I think that one was a red. I think that was really reckless. Um, it was. I think Hibs were trying to just show how physical they can be, and I think they were trying to make a point and not getting pushed around. And I think it was probably a bit of frustration as well. But no, I think Campbell was genuinely lucky to stay in the park. I think that was quite a quite a bad challenge. And I think if I'd went the other way, I'd have been looking for a red as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gordon, what was your what was your sort of thoughts when you seen it? So it was it was it was almost right in front of me. That, that it happened and I seen him steaming in and he, his, both his feet were up he didn't make a huge amount of contact or very little at all but it was one of the ends of his intent um, and uh, I think he was lucky again especially who the referee was mm. um, I think he was he was lucky and yeah, I probably you could probably put that one down to uh, an aptitude from from beating because if he had seen it properly 100% he sends them off without even thinking twice Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm re- I reckon he's he's not seen it properly. His his line of sight's been um, blocked or, or something like that. But I think what you touched on there, Calvin, is the frustration side of stuff. And you can you can well believe at that point of the game why they'd be frustrated because as I, as I mentioned earlier, the Hearts players were time wasting for forty minutes in, and even when the, when we were doing it ten men, they're they're rolling about constantly, try to stop the play, take Gordon's rolling about, and yeah. they're taking ages to take throw-ins and all the rest of it. If I'm on the park, I'm getting pissed off. And I think they actually did relatively well to keep the temperament uh, of his players uh, at a decent level. But again, as I touched on Manuel, professional football player, you've got to be smart about these things. We've got a young squad, right? I think you, you've got to have to accept there's going to be a wee bit of hot-headedness in these situations, but that's for Moloney to manage and that's for, for the players to, to be professional. It's a big occasion. You're in the semi-finals at hand and there's a lot riding on. It's the last game that means something of the season, really, unless we get trapped into a relegation battle, which touch with we didn't. <laughs> um, I think they just, again, need to be a bit smarter about things. I, I agree. I think the one positive on that is that that's the first time I've really seen Josh Campbell do anything like that, where he is willing to make a tackle like that. And I think if he can pull that off more often, I think people might win round to him. Because, um, you know, I th- he is he is young. He's played a lot of football this season. And he, has, he hasn't let it up. Like, he had that good game against Rangers in the semi-final. But I think if he can do more of the tackles like that, that show that he's willing to put his heart on his sleeve, then I'm, I'm all right with him making tackles. As long as he doesn't get sent off, because... I think our, our discipline this season, Calvin, me and you have both said it on the podcast a couple of times. It's been shocking this year. Like, how many red cards is that we're up to now? I know we're bottom 11, of the... Dis- 11 red cards this season. Like, we're bottom of the discipline league in the mm. in the Premiership. Like, it's just... That's not what you want to see um, with Hibs. Like, we are usually a get-the-ball-down-and-play-football team. We're not, we're not a team poorly thugs. But we do, we do seem to lose sort of that, that temper a wee bit too easy this season and and I don't know what that is I think I don't know what what's brought that on but um I'd like to see us sort of steer clear of that for the rest of the season because we can't afford to 
lose any more players, with, especially with all the injuries and all that. In my opinion, it's it's, it's simple for, for the reasons. Well, I think there's two here. I think some of those red cards shouldn't have been red cards, right? There's been incidents we know, like, where, I mean, yeah. you can argue either way, I suppose, but I think there's been a few that shouldn't have been. But the way, they, the way that we've been playing and how we constantly lose the ball, that is why, because we, we kind of keep, we've played so many games, we kind of string two passes together, we lose the ball, so your second, the player's second touch is a tackle. And, that, yeah. and, that, and, that, and I think that's where the, the, the lack of discipline or the increase of fouls and bookings and red cards comes to because nine times out of ten, we, we get the ball, we, we pass it once or twice, we lose it, and then we're having to tackle again constantly. Our possession starts haven't been great. And I think it's just the nature of football. You're going to have to tackle more to get the ball back if you continuously lose it. I think as well, even even the experience in our team, like McGregor and that this year, like he's been sent off several times. Uh, I think that it sort of epitomised when we were at the, you probably hear the dog barking in the background, but when we were at the Livingston away, um, <clears throat> uh, the day that Jack Ross got beat, that was two red cards that night as well, and it's like, it's been the story it was, of the season. It was the captain and the vice captain that got sent off. Slot us down severely. Aye, definitely. Well, I think after the after the game, obviously the the usual post match interviews came out, and um, the first one I well first one I've seen uh, since that was Stevenson's one. I sort of let them let them come out, and I didn't really bother watching them until uh, earlier today. And Stevenson was the first one I seen, and I thought he thought he come out and he, he he looked like he wanted to cry. I think it meant that much to him that we've been beating a national semi final against Hearts again. So, Gordon, what does that say to you about Stevenson as a as a Hibs player that he's willing to look that upset in an interview? I I could sit here waxing lyrical about Stevenson all day. I, I think he's absolutely epitomises what Hibs are all about. He has he's been there for how many years? He's been here for like many many years, and he gives hundred and ten percent. I remember saying after the the three one game at Tynecastle, he was sat on the bench. When we were, we were 3-1 doing and there was no fight at all in that team. He was sat there and never came on. And I'm like, and they brought Josh Campbell and Dre White went off uh, injured. And I was like, what, why? Like, every time Stevenson's played in centre mid, he, he's, he's been brilliant, like this season. Uh, and you can argue he's a left back, but he started off as a midfielder. We all, we all can that. And I think a lot of the time he's been forced to play left back through seasons because we've never been able to find a replacement left back. He's more than capable of playing midfield. He showed that on Saturday. He was absolutely outstanding. He was everywhere. And for, for our goal, it was him that made it. Like the, the pass for Henderson, I, you mentioned it, Charlie. The pass for Henderson was great over the top, but he had no right to, to win the ball. The Hearts player had it right at the edge of the box, and Stevenson just wouldn't let it go. He, he, he Right at his heels, won the ball, played the ball in, and obviously a couple of ricochets. I think Joe Newell um, blocked um, the first shot, and then... Uh, Cadden stuck it away but that, if it wasn't for Stevenson's desire if that was another player maybe even Josh Doig like he's, he has good going forward and he's got a lot to learn I didn't think he, he gives the Hearts player that much problem that, that, that Stevenson gave him I didn't think he was scored by a goal uh, and I, I thought it was bizarre and everybody around me in the stand thought it was bizarre when they took him off uh, yeah. I was, was like what, what? why Why are you taking him off and I think he, his interview after it like, like you said, Charlie, it looked like he was about to greet, and he's gave everything to to this club. He's gave everything to, and in that game, 
and he deserves more, to be honest. And I think a lot of his teammates are letting him down a wee bit. Mm. So, so Jack's managed to jump back on. So, Calvin, um, I'll come to you, mate. Um, obviously, you've heard Lewis Stevenson's interview and, you know, it's a different interview than what Paul Hanlon came out and said after the game last week. Um, so, Calvin, what does that what does that mean to you that Stevenson's willing to be that emotional in an interview? Do you think do you think Maloney should look at giving the captaincy to Stevenson? I don't think captaincy is necessary. I feel like for me, like I said, I think Porteous is probably a good show for captain, um, just in terms of longevity. But I feel like Stevenson. I do love Stevenson, obviously, he's like as Mr. Hibbs and things like that. And I think it's good for him to be emotional. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's two, for, for me, I get disappointed because it's two defeats from Hearts to and twice in a week. And I think if we were to play them next week, they beat us as well. I think that's a sad thing. I think that <clears throat> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit fed up, especially in Maloney's interviews as well. Like, I find them really bizarre. It's good for Stevenson to be hurting and be emotional, but he's just like the rest of us. Do you know what I mean? We're all hurting. And I feel like everybody could, every fan's quite quite emotional. Um, I feel like it's quite hard. I found it quite hard in the last 24 to 48 hours to sort of decompartmentalise the defeats. Because you look at that 5-1 defeat for me, <clears throat> and you, that's Hibs versus Hearts. And you look at the other defeats, the defeat last year, the, the, sorry, the 4-0 a couple of years before that in the semi-final. You look at the 2-1 in the semi-final last year. You look at the 2-1 in the semi-final this year. And it's like, it's difficult not to hold that against like the current regime, like the failures of the past Hibs teams. It's hard not to hold that because like the fans have been there throughout it all, and I know Stevenson's been there throughout all of them as well. Um, so I know he'll be feeling just as upset as us. But uh, I think my point kind of makes sense. I'm just saying that I'm a wee bit too emotional to sort of comment on how he's feeling because myself, I'm feeling pretty pissed off with it all, and uh, I'm sick of being sick of getting beat by them and like every sort of major competition and or league games and all that like I feel like going a full season without beating Hearts is a failure of a season regardless no I I, I, I agree I think um, it's obviously good that he didn't say the same thing that Paul Hanlon felt that we want to fuel this hurt because that that's a powder puff interview and uh, and I would say the same if it was any other player just because it's Hanlon it doesn't mean that he's getting preferential this treatment for me because I think that's a shocking interview, but I was, I was, I was happy with Stevenson's interview. I think he, he obviously was upset, and I think it's all right to be upset after you lose a derby. Like it's good, and I think, like I said last week, the one thing that I'll show that they're upset is if they put it right next time. Like next time we play them, we need to beat them now. Like we see that every time, but it's true. Like we can't go, and they've got their famous like twenty-two in a row. They've won, you know, nine in a row against us before. Like we can't let them get back to the stage where they are. The, the dominant team obviously their records show that they're the dominant team in the city but but what have you so jack i'll come to you about maloney's interview then uh, before we move on past the game so obviously sean maloney has come out after two defeats in two weeks um no a great <laughs> no a great record against Hearts so far um played three lost two draw one so jack what 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 did you think of his interview i thought it was better than the last one um, to be honest, but I still don't think it's it was great, if you see what I mean. I think, for me, there's certain things that managers need to say, and I, I think it's always tough after you lose a derby. I don't think any of us can look at losing a derby objectively, even somebody like myself, who tends to look at things from a more, I'd like to say, balanced point of view. It's hard to look at a derby objectively. 
And like, I just looked at it and thought, Sean, you may as well have no said anything if he came up. I mean, like, I know he's got to say something. But I think some of the stuff he says, it can be, it just seems to me quite apathetic, if you see what I mean. Like, he's, he doesn't really seem to be that bothered. Like, if we lost a dad under Neil Lennon, or even under Jack Ross, they used to come out and say, like, well, this is what went wrong, and I'm annoyed at this, or I'm annoyed at the team, or whatever. I think that you get that, Neil Lennon especially, and I think that's what Mullen's got to say. You say, I'm annoyed that this went wrong, I'm annoyed that that went wrong. No sort of making these sort of general statements for me. That, that's the sort of thing. And I know, like, he's obviously doesn't want to, like, absolutely blast the team because we've got a big five games coming up. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we could be looking at, at the playoffs, which is a position we do, just do not want to be in at all. But I think for me, like, Maloney, I, I just think he's not used to all this. You know, like, Jack Ross, Neil Lennon, they knew what it was like to lose big games, if you see what I mean. So they could sort of, they knew what to sort of say. Like, Maloney's not really had that responsibility before as the Belgium assistant, that whenever you lose a big game like that, he doesn't really know that what responsibility is and what to say, you know, because unfortunately right now, obviously the fans are hurting a lot and obviously Valerio came out and said stuff as well that landed him a lot of um, criticism. So I think for me, the coaching staff maybe just needed to sit and maybe do a collective statement instead of Sean saying one thing and Valerio saying one thing as well. You know, and I'm, I'm not, by no means am I wanting to criticise or lambast anything like that because I think at the end of the day I'd never want to be in their position and you don't know what to say as a coach after you've lost two derbies in a row I mean it's not great when it's your first big gig in management and you've lost two of the biggest fixtures your team's ever going to play in a row you know so I think it's tough but at the same time I think Maloney's interview it was better than the last one but could still be put down as I could do better for me I definitely um Gordon, I'll come to you. So, obviously, there's been a lot of talk um, after the past, I don't know, four months that Maloney's been in charge. Where do you sort of land on the Maloney experiment? Do you think it's uh, do you think he's, we need to keep him? Do you think we should sack him? Where are you landing on that? I have been a big advocate of this as he came in. I think he has a lot of good ideas. Uh, that has been waning more recently. For sure, I think I've been slowly starting to question if he is going to be any sort of success. But that being said, I do think we should be keeping him. Uh, give him the summer, see what he can do. It's a big gamble, I get it right. But how many we kind of keep changing managers all the time, constantly recycling and going through the same rigmarole and rebuilding squads because we'll never get anywhere. It doesn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm quite big on giving managers chances. We've seen it so many times in the past and in all different leagues, the managers have been emptied far too early. Um, I'm still angry about Sozi getting the sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's just, I, I think you can see what he's trying to do and you can see that there's stuff there that, if you can, it's, a, it's an obvious comparison, but you can, can compare them to when Butcher was in charge. There was nothing. You couldn't see anything on the park that was, that was coming, we were just in complete disarray, free fall, we, we couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel, it's not like that way, and I have seen on Twitter people uh, comparing them, because comparing his records, uh, his records so far to Butcher's one, and all the rest of it, different, different leagues, well it's the same league, but you know what I mean, like different teams around, that are in the league, there's so many different um, variables compared to that, and like I say, when you watch the team, you can see that what he's trying to do, and it's almost like that it needs a couple of things to click. And when they click, I think we're maybe wanting something good. And maybe that's me being a wee bit too optimistic, but 
I think if he gets a good summer and a big summer and he's backed and he gets the players in, because like for what I've seen, there's rumblings there. I'm going after some pretty tasty players, potentially. He gets them in, he gets the right signings, then I think he's only something good because you know our recruitment recently has, has been pretty poor. The whole Graham Matthew thing, Jack Ross was kind of no for under the bus, but I think I've got a wee bit of sympathy for him because he didn't get the players in that he wanted to get in. If Maloney is backed by the club and gets the, the, the players in that he wants, again, I think we could be on to something half decent. I think we'll be much better next season. But who knows? It could go the complete opposite way and we end up starting next season. He brings on all these hoodies and it is, and I think you mentioned the word experiment. I think it is a bit of an experiment. He's he's never been a manager before, but Tony Mowbray wasn't he? And look what he did. Granted, he had an amazing uh, youth team came up, but we've got great youth players as, as well coming in. We've got Joshua Connor and the boy Young and yep. all these all these development players that they signed. We do need to plan for the future, but it needs to be balanced out with with decent players. So I'm I'm all for giving him a shot in the summer, see how, how it goes to between the summer and January. Uh, and, and I think that's where the, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Sacking him now isn't got a day or saying, who, who do you get in? You know I mean, we'll we just end up being back to square one again and it might just be the exact same shape. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Well, before we jump into the quiz, I'll give a quick brief uh, review. The Rangers game yesterday, um, it was disappointment number two of the weekend for Hibs. We... Um, Went to Auchinhowe, played the Rangers. Half-time, 0-0. Full-time, 5-0 Rangers. Um, aye, not great. Three unflattering scorelines in a row. Um, being beat 4-0 Celtic, then got dumped out of the cup of Partick and now being beat 5-0 Rangers. So it's not looking pretty for Hibs women, but um, it looks like we're almost too far in, out in front and fourth to, to worry about the team in fifth, Aberdeen catching us. So... I obviously injuries and thin squad came into came into play yesterday and but ultimately five 0 loss so um that's that's how it ended for Hibs this weekend two two defeats um unfortunately so we'll move we'll move on into the quiz now and uh, um so Gordon I'm sure you'll know how this works mate we've got three questions on the men three on the women um so I'll start. Number one, and Calvin, I'll come come to you first, mate. Uh, the first question is, how many derbies did Frank Sozzi go unbeaten in at Hibs? Uh, I reckon three. Okay. Jack, how many derbies did Frank Sozzi go unbeaten in at Hibs? Before my time, I say, but <laughs> I'm just going to take a stab at it and say four. Gordon? I didn't think he was there long enough to have three or four games against Tarps. Oh, I remember true, right. actually, that's very I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think back. Oh, I'm going to stay one. Well, I can reveal that your miles off for three years is actually nine. Because he was, he was there for, I think, three or four, se- three or four seasons and uh, I nine, including when he managed us as well. So, Oh, right. I thought it was just managing. No, 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 no. And be, uh, playing and managing. I probably should have said that. Um, <laughs> apologies, apologies. Anyway, moving on to number two. Jack, come to you first. How many non-UK squad members the Hibs have this season, not including those on loan? Two. So in, in the current squad right now, how many are non-UK? Right, okay. 
So the, the, so this is just like the first, this is the first team squad, eh? First team squad. So the the boys, the B team, then they count. No, no, right. So <clears throat> I'm gonna need to well if sort of count this up here. <laughs> right, I'm 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 gonna just go for it, right? And I'm gonna say non UK squad members in the first team we have. I think it's I want to say three. Mueller, Melkerson, and Rocky. Uh, Gordon, I'll come to you. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to count them in my head as well. I think you're no far off, Jack. I'm going to go, and I can't remember who the fourth one would be, but I'm going to go four. I've just from it now. And uh, uh, Calvin, I'll come to you next. I think it's more, I, I'm thinking it's. Eight, I think you've got Muller, Melkerson, Hauger, Dabrowski, Polish, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jade Hayes is Irish. That's yep. five. Oh, God. Calvin, you're right. It is, eight. it is eight. I'll run through them. So you've got Chris Muller. <laughs> is it eight? Aye. Jasper's Bulgarian. Dabrowski. Oh, I never said Jasper. Of course, though, it's well, your no, UEFA. You... Oh, I thought Jasper was English. No, no, you've it's got the UEFA. Go by your UEFA. Dabrowski, who's Polish. Jake Dalhay's Irish. Hauga, Norwegian. Rocky's Belgian. Melkerson, Norwegian, and Delferriere, who is a registered first team player, is uh, Belgian too. So eight. You're right, Kevin. So you're one up. So Kevin, coming, coming to you first for this one. Who scored the sixth goal when Hibs beat Hearts six two? Uh, Lappy. Jack? Who scored the sixth goal? Yes. I think it's Lattape, is it no? Gordon? I think it's Lattape too. Is that like one of the best goals ever? But was that not was that the fifth? That was indeed the sixth. That was the sixth goal. So it was 6 1 at the time. So Calvin, you're on two. Jack, you're on one. Gordon, you're on one. So moving on to the women's ones. Um, Jack, coming to you first on this one. When Hibs won the SWPL League Cup in 2011, who did they beat? Ooh, that's a, that, that's, a, that's a bit before the time I started following them, eh? Right, it's got to be one of the bigger teams, eh? I'll go say, I'll go take a random guess, say Glasgow City. Gordon? I would just say Glasgow City as well. Calvin? I'd just say Glasgow City as well, yeah. Well, you're wrong. They beat Spartans 5-2. But, uh, there you there go. Go. So still 2-1-1 in the favour of Calvin. So uh, next question, uh, Jack, coming to you first this time. Oh, no, sorry, I came first to you last time. Yeah, Gordon, Calvin. I came first to you. Uh, how many players do the women's team have on loan this season? Well, I know that it's quite a big rebuild, didn't they, when Dean came in? Because um, a lot of players left. And I know they've got quite a few following on social media. I must admit, I didn't follow the women's team hugely, but it's quite a few, maybe six. Calvin? I thought, well, some of them came back from being on loan like that, Rio and that, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking it might be something like four or Jack. three. I'll say three. I think we have got, it's only the one just now, I think it's Eve Donald at Glasgow Women. We've got three on loan, Calvin. You take your lead and you stretch it further. We've got Jenna, Jenna Fife. We've got Lucy Ronald and Eve Donald. Oh, Jenna Fife. I thought we 
According to Wikipedia, mate, she's out on loan. Jenna Five's not on loan. She's, well, I mean, Calvin would have been right anyway because he got the nearest, but Jenna Five, we sh- she went to Rangers, no on loan. Oh, it's, my bad. Uh, I so, forgot about Lucy Ronald. But, aye, no, well, Jenna Five went to Rangers permanently. Dunny, copy Wikipedia's answers for your things that I've <laughs> learned here. Um, and last question, Calvin, starting with you. Who is the longest serving Hibs women's team manager? Um, oh, before, b- before before you answer that, Calvin, I just looked up at the Wikipedia. Jack, does Sophie Allison ring a bell? She's she got the least. She, she, she doesn't well, play football anymore. Wikipedia's wrong again. Anyway, go back to you, Calvin. <laughs> uh, the only the only Hibs woman manager I know is Dean. So I've got to say Dean. That's all I can. Jack, Dean. Now. This is a difficult one. I want to say Grant Scott. I know that's probably wrong, but I want to know because Grant's the only manager I ever knew for the whole time, like me following the teams. Grant was in for quite a wee while, so I'm right. going to go and say Grant Scott. Grant. And uh, Gordon? Was he, Jack, was he the one that was before Dean? Ah, he was the one before Dean. He was there for quite a while, so I'll, I'll go with uh, uh, Scott as well. Or Scott. I can reveal you're all wrong. It's actually Chris Roberts, Roberts, who was there for three years. Grant Scott was only there one year. Kevin Milne, one year. Willie Kirk, two years. And Dean's been there two years as well, so he'll be the longest serving. So Chris Roberts, 2014 to 2017. So Calvin was around a lot longer than that. Calvin, you won the quiz with two points. Uh, Jack, you got one, Gordon, you got one as well So that brings us to the end of episode 65 We'll be back on Thursday to preview the the first game of the bottom six Which is going to be a riveting success, hopefully um, We'll really push for the European places being down there um, So until next time, come on the Hibs <laughs>